Well, good morning, friends. Let's see. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S., and I am Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic. Today is Thursday, March the 19th, uh, 2020. Today we are on page 98 in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. First paragraph says, it is not a matter of giving, and we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. So today's readers of the 12 uh, Steps, Anne-Marie M., 12 Traditions, Terry H., readers of our text, Katie G., Roz G., and Russ M., newcomer greeter, Reva P., second hour host, Deb W. So the reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, March 18th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 14275, 14275, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 14276, 14276. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now have Anne-Marie M. read our 12 steps. Hey, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Kelly. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Kelly? Sorry about that. Couldn't get unmuted. Thank you, Anne-Marie. All right, Terry H., you are reading our 12 Traditions. Okay, this is Terry H. from Pensacola, a grateful recovered 
compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as we may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige avert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as a whole, as such ought never be organized, but may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. And eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, every reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for allowing me to, to serve. Thank you so much, Terry. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We'll read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Uh, Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then you'll press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Okay, so we're in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 98. We're there in the first paragraph. It says, it is not a matter of giving. And Miss Katie G is going to get us started. Hey, Katie. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Katie G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. It is not the matter of giving that is in question, but when and how to give. That often makes the difference between failure and success. The minute we put our work on a service plane, the alcoholic commences to rely upon our assistance rather than upon God. He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. Nonsense. Some of us have tried very hard not to learn this truth. Job or no job, wife or no wife. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people. 
ahead of dependence upon God. This is a doozy. Um, I have to tell you, I have clamored for things my whole life. And um, I wanted sponsors to fix me. I wanted you to do this program for me. I wanted you to allow me to do what I wanted to do. And I was loudly insistent that I could not get abstinent if I didn't have big boobs, blonde hair, a boyfriend, a grad school degree, and children, right? Like, so give me that stuff and then I'll do your abstinence thing. And I have to tell you that my experiences, these three pertinent ideas are reflected on page 60 that A, I'm a, I'm a compulsive overeater, I cannot manage my own life, and B, that no human power, right? But I want these human powers to fix me. You know, I tell myself these lies. If I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. It's easy for you to work program. You don't have 12 kids. It's easier for you to work program. You don't have a new cancer diagnosis. It's easier for you to work program. You, don't, you didn't just lose your job. I am telling you, all of the things I just said are experiences of women and men on this line who are recovered, who are working program, and they're abstinent. You know, and so for me also, when I did the steps the first time, I was like, where's my stuff, God? Where's my job? I'm recovered now. Where's my man? I'm recovered now. But stuff is just going to let me down, right? No human power, right? And as a recovered woman today, how am I saying I can't be emotionally sober today? How am I using crises in the world as an excuse to say, I can't do this? I can't do this. Well, yeah, we can't. We can't, but God can, right? And so am I going to push in to God? Am I going to let the, am I going to make sure that my life centers around this relationship with God? Because the thing is, anything I think is going to fix me or change me in the material world is going to let me down. I spent years in this program dating and trying to find the man. And you know what? I found an amazing man. But you know what? He didn't change me. He didn't fix me. He didn't correct me. He didn't fill that hole, right? I spent years in program losing children. And you know what? I have a baby today. Did that fix me? Did that change me? No, it didn't. I have to put my relationship with God first. And then all things follow. And again, I, I just want to say this program is workable in any situation. And whatever you think is so hard that you can't do this program, call us, ask us for help. Because when you put this program first, when you do it yourself, when you have that urgency, that willingness, that desperation, God can get inside you and fill up that hole that you think all the human powers can fix you with. And I'm so grateful today that I can be emotionally sober. And it doesn't, just because the situation is going crazy, I have these 12 steps, entire absence, and all of you and God to change me and get back in, uh, in the flow. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, KG, for getting us started. Powerful paragraph. So if you have not shared in the last couple of days and would like to share on this paragraph, give me your first name and the first initial of your last. Rick J. Rick J. Reva P. Reva P. Reva P. Tina S. Judy K. Elizabeth D. Okay, we're going to stop there. Here's who I have. I think there were some other voices, but I'll have to get you on the next go-round. So I have Rick J. I think it was Teresa P. Reva P. Craig F. Tina S, Judy K, Elizabeth D. 
So if everybody will please uh, star one to mute your phone. We'll get started with Rick J. Good morning, Rick. Uh, good morning, everybody. This is Rick J. I'm from North Carolina. I am a recovered but not cured uh, compulsive overeater, as a dear friend of mine likes to say. And I was thinking a lot about this this reading um, and how it's you know applied to me right now. First of all, you know I I'm thinking of step one and two. Um, you know I'm powerless. Conveniently enough, you know if I'm completely powerless and my life is unmanageable, then I have power greater than myself to restore me to sanity. Um, you know, thank God this this step comes right in there and. I had to find a power greater than myself. And for me, that's, uh, you know, other people that if I'm, I'm helping, they need to find that power too. Um, you know, and I am not someone's higher power. I, I'm not qualified at all in any way, shape or form. And if someone needs me to be that higher power, you know, I, I just, I can't be that. I can't fill that hole for them, even though I've, tried so hard um and my daughter you know i'm i'm really my heart is going out to her she's 17 she's um you know she's in a, a recovery place um for her anorexia uh they're under a precautionary quarantine so can't see her and she's desperately wanting to come home you know and and she has been calling out you know and asking us to get her and uh, she's scared, um, and you know we we just had to say no. You know you are right where you need to be. Uh, virus or no virus, quarantine or no quarantine. It's you know you are are right where you need to be to get the help you need. We love you. We're here, but it's it would be so much easier if we could actually um, visit her. Um, but uh, you know that's um, you know God has her. And I've had so much help from everybody, you know, on on these lines. And thank you, all of you. You know who you are. But, um, you know, I I have to to put my higher power, you know, in my life first. Uh, and she's going to have to to find that and learn that for herself. So yeah, I um I can be there, and and I can be a help open a door for someone but when they have to come through it and I can't keep the doormat that they step on you know because I think for me I know how I was you know if if I felt powerless and truly knew that my first instinct was was to get somebody else to like okay give me the things that I felt I couldn't give myself and you know but no it's it's uh it is the god of my understanding it is my higher power so I have to help someone find um you know their higher power i have to let them work step two on their own i've offered friendship and in my daughter's case certainly you know love and i've been there for her for 17 years and my instinct is to keep rescuing her you know um and i that's where my heart wants to go and with that i'll pass thank you so much rick j all right next up Teresa p followed by reva p morning Teresa. Um, good morning. This is Teresa P. Grateful to be recovered, and what a wonderful thing this meeting is. I'm so grateful for these uh, islands of sanity, because um, I, I certainly need it. Uh, I, I like that uh, statement, not a matter of 
Thanksgiving when and how. And, uh, and then I can't place dependence on people. I have to place dependence on God. And I can't show that to anybody else unless I'm doing that. And I got a real reminder of that uh, this past weekend. I was uh, on my way to church. And um, I'd also was going to do some uh, shopping, but the store was closed. And so, so I'm driving by. I see the, the store, and there's people turning in. So all of a sudden, I get this crazy idea. They're going to get stuff. Go get it. So I cross the uh, lane without really looking and get into the turning lane and actually turn on a red arrow. And I'm going, Tracy, you're crazy. What are you doing? And I got to look at my own insanity and, and admit this is craziness. And what this has become is a delightful story to share with uh, other recovered people. And oh, I said, let's share it with other people just to look at my own insanity and know I've got to, I've got to watch me first. What am I doing? What am I showing? But mostly, you know, my, my, uh, my, how I'm acting. So it's look at me, see what I'm doing, so that, you know, I can remember that God's in touch because, you know, I'm crazy too, just like everybody else. And uh, who is my source is God, and, you know, and he directs me. And I, I had a spotty call, and on and well, I, oh, oh, she has uh, fired herself moving on to other things, which is wonderful. I just got to bless her and say, well, whatever you need to do. And uh, if she wanted me to, I should call me. And I was irritated because I was, you know, doing a recovery thing. And what I got to do is take care of myself and get my uh, strength from, you know, being at a meeting and listening to recovery because I cannot share what I do not have. And that's all I have is my, you know, my personal experience and my sense of God. And I got a, a beautiful, another beautiful lesson from within my, my household as a member, family member, you know, wanting to pray for my healing. And I was like irritated. Well, I've got this other thing to do. And I just got so sad, Teresa. And this is perfectly beautiful. Oh, and I mean, the words were so beautiful. So it's accepting what other people are offering, just being open and tender. And and I've had a, a lady who wants to get um, groceries for me. And she's done it several times, and I just get to go thank you. And Time, please. A, thank you, and I'll wrap up. And I just get to go, you know, it's all in God's hands. And today I'm choosing to trust God and share that I am choosing to trust God. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Teresa P. And next up, Reva P. Followed by Craig F. Hey, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I love this paragraph. It hit me when I first came into program, and it really means a lot to me now. The sentence that strikes me the most is the claim that I can't master alcohol, food, addiction until my material needs are cared for. Wow. When I first came in, 
Um, thank you, God. You know, I wasn't big on the excuses anymore. Oh, I just started a new job. Oh, I just moved. Oh, this. Not a good time. Not a good time to start working the program. Got to wait for the good time. You know what the good time was? When I was desperate and when I didn't want to live the way I was living and do what I was doing, not one more day. No more Groundhog Days. Like every day was just the same the same misery. But the thing that strikes me the most is the word master. And now, once we've worked the steps, once the food is down, what does it mean to master alcohol? For me, it means not being a dry drunk. It means being able to match calamity with serenity. And that last sentence debunks the myth that it's circumstances that influence and my dependence, my serenity is dependent on having a job, being financially secure, having everybody and everything go the way I want. As if, you know, when I first come into program, I get abstinent, I work the steps, God got my wish list, and everything on the wish list is going to come true. No. What happens when we lose the job? <laughs> when my health hasn't been what I wanted, when things do not go my way, when circumstances do not fit my script, what then? I love the sentence, nonsense, nonsense. My recovery, my serenity, my peace is an internal condition and it depends on my internal spiritual fitness, spiritual connection, whatever other words I want to use. And that only comes from keeping the food down and working the steps. So I love the reminder, no matter what's going on, and it's so easy for me to get caught up in all the chaos and panic now, I need to stay close to the steps, close to God, because I need to master, be emotionally, spiritually fit not just a dry, crazy drunk who's restless, irritable, and watching the news 24-7. So thank you, God, for the reminder. With that, I pass. <clears throat> thank you, Reva P. All right. Next up, Craig F., followed by Tina S. Hey, Craig. Good morning. Hey, Kelly. Good morning to you and everybody else that's on here. Um, this is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, I am probably, and you know, I'm not the I'm not the king of anything, but in my mind, I'm the king of excuses, or I used to be. Uh, it's still a character defect that comes up. Um, you know, if something didn't go my way, I have an excuse. I didn't get something done, I have an excuse, and uh, you know, uh, this chapter or this paragraph is reminding me that uh, you know that those excuses are not they don't hold water you know um, there there may be reasons it's that something didn't happen but the problem isn't whether it happened or not the problem isn't whether I accomplished some goal or task the problem is whether or not I'm living in acceptance and the problem is whether or not I'm living that uh, spiritual way of life, and uh, I um, living in that chapter, the acceptance chapter, that says that acceptance is the key 
to all of my problems today. That, uh, uh, you know, life isn't going to go my way. Uh, life's going to go on life's terms, God's terms. And, uh, you know, the growth steps are there to help remind me that uh, that it, it isn't going to happen the way I want it to. I'm not in charge of the world. I'm not, uh, I'm not the director, and this isn't a play. And so what I have to do is uh, uh, live in, in acceptance, live on my knees to, uh, um, to, to be uh, not so selfish and self-centered. Uh, you know, the, uh, I was telling somebody yesterday that it, all of my character defects are rooted in my ego and my self-centeredness. You know, uh, it may take a different name and a different form, but when I'm living in uh, in God's world and God's economy, when I'm when I am uh, thinking more about what I can do for my fellows, the the weight of today isn't on me, you know, um, and I'm not uh, sitting here self-centered and self-obsessed. And you know, that's a good reminder for me when when things in the world aren't all going very well or my way to to look around and say uh okay there's that but what can i do to be of service to to god and my fellows today and with that i'm going to pass thank you wait a minute you caught caught me off guard you still had 15 seconds i was waiting to call time uh okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i just got to give craig a hard time so anyway Let's see. Next up, Tina S. followed by Judy K. Hey, Tina. Hey, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. Tina S. Recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great shares. What a great paragraph. You know, I too am on that same page. When I came in and read the book, this paragraph really, really hit home because it just described me. You know, when all this other stuff straightens out, then maybe I'll look at what we need to do here, you know, and, you know, and I thought in theory, you know, this dependence on on God was a great thing in theory. All my life it was in theory, you know, but practical application is what makes this come about. And I didn't even have a clue on how to do that. You know, until I started, you know, until I surrendered, until I gave up, like so many people had said, you know, what, there was no way that I was going to be able to do anything differently. And I love that it was shared that, the, you know, steps one and two, and I, I'm so powerless, my life's unmanageable. And until I really got that, there was no way that I was going to believe that anything bigger than me or you was going to restore my sanity or give me a life beyond my wildest dreams. And, you know, and I, and, and I love that, you know, every day when somebody shares, I'm, I'm nodding my head because that's me too. You know, I wanted somebody else to do this thing for me, you know, and, and I didn't want to do any work. And still sometimes today I just want to sit by and let it happen. Let somebody do the work, you know, and um, that's just not how it works. And then when I started following direction, you know, in whom the problem had been solved, people had taken me through the steps, I just said, yes, ma'am, no, but, and not no, but, no, but, Um, you know, 
I was able to have a spiritual awakening through the process of the steps, you know, because I still didn't know how to depend on this God, you know, but I just followed direction and I worked the steps. You know, I, I was willing to believe. That's all I had to do. I was to be right where I was and willing to believe and then uh, move on through the steps. And what happened was I have a relationship with a power greater than myself today who I depend on, and not all the time because I'm not perfect. You know, sometimes I still want you to do it for me, but when the, the shit hits the fan, excuse my language, I am ready to depend on a power greater than myself because there's no place else to go, you know, and I know that today. And, um, you know, and I'm willing to, you know, and I hear people that I sponsor say that, and all I can do is share my experience, strength, and hope, you know, and not do for them what they can. But, of course, I love that it says it's a matter of giving that is in question. But it's not the matter of giving, but when and how, you know, and I am generous, you know, and, and maybe not so much of, you know, financial material and all that kind of stuff, but in with my time, you know, and my energy, you know, I am, and, um, and because people were for me, and uh, with that, I'll pass. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Tina S. Next up, Judy K. followed by Elizabeth E. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, and thanks. This is Judy Kay, Recovered in Cary, North Carolina. Um, so this is a, a wonderful paragraph, and um, the thought comes to mind that most of us come to, into program lost. We're looking for something usually to lose weight, but we come into program lost. Um, m- most of us are searching for help, and perhaps we're searching for a higher power as we uh, start abstinence. Our sponsors, our guides, become it, the higher power, when we're lost. Um, A wise sponsor directs our attention and our reliance on our higher power, or we stay lost. Uh, This is the chapter I'm working with others. So um, anyway, once recovered, I was afraid to sponsor until my guides, my sponsor, and you all on this line made it clear to me that I'm not God and I'm not responsible for the other's recovery. My protege is responsible for her recovery. I'm responsible for being the best sponsor I can be. No matter what is lacking materially, uh, it's our spiritual life that requires repair, which requires a dependence on God. Um, I want to thank everybody on this line, and um, the spiritual journey is what repairs us, and we only get that with, with reliance on God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Judy Kay. Um, next up, we'll have Elizabeth D., and then we'll be opening it up for more shares. Hey, Elizabeth. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. My name is Elizabeth D, and I'm recovered in the Boston area. Um, I think I'm going to pass because I heard everything that I needed to hear, and everything that I'd hoped to share was just shared um, by everyone um, very effectively. So I think I'm going to leave room for others. Thank you, and have a wonderful day, everyone. Well, thank I'll you pass. so much, Elizabeth. Appreciate that. All right. So if you're just joining us, we are in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, page 98, first paragraph. It is not a matter of giving. 
And if you have not shared in the last couple of days, we'd love to hear from you. Give me your first name and the initial of your last. Leah S. from Connecticut. Sarah W. Monica T. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. All I heard was Leah S., Linda D., and Sarah W. Nancy, Maya K, Monica T, okay. Cindy M. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, Maya, Maya K, Nancy, somebody was it J? J, yes. Okay, Monica T, Maya K, and who else was there? Debbie K. Okay, we're gonna stop there. Um. Okay. Here's the lineup. Uh, let's see. Leah S., Linda D., Sarah W., Nancy J., Maya K., Monica T., Santa H., and Debbie K. Please press star one, guys. Make sure you're muted. We'll get started with Leah S. Hey, Leah. Leah, star one. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm talking to myself. Thanks, uh-huh. Kelly. Thank you very much. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Uh, My name is Leah S. Recovered in Brooklyn. I'm very grateful. So here we go. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn the truth. What is the truth? (laughs) The truth is that I I turn to food whenever um, I couldn't feel or didn't want to feel or didn't want to experience, or didn't want to actually be in the moment. That's, you know, that's what food did to me. And, you know, this is the truth. Now, in every situation, whether it is uh, that everyone is on top of me, or everyone is in in the same household with me, or um, whatever it is, whatever, I'm feeling more, I'm living more, and I'm, I'm not running away from it. There is no, nothing, there's nothing that's going to take the place. My step two muscle and my step three muscle have to be double and tripled so that I can understand this is not me and I'm not in charge. This is God. God is doing everything, and all I can do is thank him for whatever I've got. And I have my health, thank you, God. And I have um, the capability of doing other things that I always wanted to do and kept on putting it off one day when I'll be home. And, you know, finding the right and finding the the positive in every situation and, uh, and just being grateful and expanding on that so that I can continue to um, just take it the way God wants it to happen. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Next up, Linda D., followed by Sarah W. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Kelly. Hi, everybody. Boy, I'm glad to be with you. Uh, I'm Linda D. I'm from Connecticut, and I've been recovered six years and a couple months. Um, The thing that comes to mind to me is something I said the other day. Uh, I'm in a 12-step program because I'm self-destructive, and uh, my brain function isn't going to change. And it manifests in me if I'm an active 
addict as a food addiction. And um, and that's it. That's not going to change. It's not going to change because of what's happening in the world. And, um, and if I'm uh, not active, if I am abstinent, which I am, I am going to feel life full force. And to me, that sort of melts down into fear. Or in the case of what's going on in the world, panic. And I don't have a job right now. My car isn't mobile. I'm walking on a foot that is really needs corrective surgery. I have to bus wherever I go. I have to walk for miles to get uh, material needs met. And I have to deal with panic. Do you suppose I can do any of that without you? And most of all, and your guidance, and most of all, without God. I was an atheist. This program gave me access to God. I don't guess if God is real. I know God is real because that's what I lean into every day, all day, to the best of my ability, using the instructions that are in the book and the help of all of you. And so what happens? What happens is that the panic gets quiet. The TV gets quiet. And I do what I need to do no matter what to get the freaking toilet paper and the whatever and get home and take care of my family and myself and be happy. And I don't have a guarantee of anything except one thing. God is love. And I know I'll be protected and guided if I will only be quiet and listen and do what I'm supposed to do, which is what the one-trick pony says. <laughs> Surrender, Linda, dear. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Next up, Sarah W., followed by Nancy J. Hey, Could I share? Is this Sarah W.? Oh, oh sorry. Sarah W.? I'm here, but I think somebody else was wanting to share. And they, that's oh, that's okay. Well, Sarah, you're up. All right. Thanks so much, Kelly, for your service. Good morning. My name is Sarah W., Grateful Compulsive Overeater from Iowa. Uh, grateful to be here and hear the shares. Um, it's been a while since I've been on this meeting, and I'm grateful that it's still here. Um, it is an important paragraph. Uh, for me, what I think, and, and first of all, I want to say I'm grateful to be abstinent today and for all the beautiful shares, and for the people that do the service. Um, for me, it's really about the idea of I never felt enough, so I always tried to fill that place in myself with the idea of I need your validation. I need the validation that I'm pretty. I need the validation that I'm enough. And that's why those feelings come into play that push us, push me, pushed me, to try to either obtain status or, and when I didn't get that those feelings um, from others, then, of course, my go-to was eating. And I'm grateful to be abstinent, but what I realize is, uh, you know, once a compulsive overeater, always a compulsive overeater. And 
I think one of the things I have to look at is my motives and why I do the things I do all the time. Um, you know, I'm not anybody's, if I'm sponsoring people, which I do, I'm not anybody's higher power, and I have to remember that I can't tell people what to do. I can tell them what I've done and what has helped me. But, you know, it's really God's grace. And I just want to welcome all the newcomers or anybody on the line that's struggling because there is hope. And that is not my noise coming from the phone. That is somebody else's noise. Okay. Um, But anyway, I'm just grateful to be here, and I know that there is a way out. And, you know, there's lots of things that we go through in life. And it's not, you know, what happens to us is what we do with it. You know, and so I have a beautiful plaque, and I'll just uh, end with this because it means so much to me. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. And thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah W. Next up, Nancy J., followed by Maya K. Uh, Hi, this is Nancy J., and... uh, I'm recovered, and I'm from Geneva, Illinois, which is the western suburbs of Chicago. And I want to thank you very much, moderator, and all those people who have shared so powerfully before me. And I just want to share that, to me, this paragraph can be called the coronavirus paragraph. And the reason I say that is because I feel that it's really talking about a time of tragedy, and and challenge you know this book was written during the great depression and this paragraph really applies to what's going on today in our world with the coronavirus and it's a tough paragraph there's a lot of tough language in it and you know it's the tone of it where it says nonsense and uh it it really directs us to rely on our higher power that okay you're in this terrible time of trouble and worry, and you're in a new reality, it's a tough reality, It's uh, but rely on your higher power, dependence on God. And so I feel this paragraph is telling us to kind of strengthen our spine, essentially. Be tough, rely on God. With that, I pass. Thank you. Just a reminder that we have our lineup of people who will be sharing for this morning. So if you're waiting to share, you'll just have to wait to see if we have more time when we get done here. So with that being said, next up, um, I think that was Nancy. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so Maya Kay, you're up next, then Monica. Hi, Maya. Maya, star one. Can't hear you, Maya. <clears throat> All right, Monica, are you ready? Hi, it's Monica. Hey, Good Monica. Morning, Thanks. Good morning, Kelly. Hi, this is Monica T., a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And um, what struck me here was the word dependence. And so I went and looked online here for a couple of definitions of dependence. And the first one was this quality or state of being reliant on something else. 
And then below that, it said reliance on someone or something for financial support. And below that, it said addiction to drink or drugs. And I thought, hmm, I have tried uh, the, the, you know, the dependence on the food. I have tried the dependence on other people. Well, how did all that work for you, Monica? Well, it didn't, you know. So here I am in the rooms of OA, thankful, 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 and grateful today that I am with all of you because what a difference this, this program has made. And so it says I have to have dependence on something else. And, of course, this is all, you know, step one and two here. I am 100% powerless over the obsession of my mind. And when I pause and look back over my history, I see that. There's no doubt, Monica. Nothing I have tried to do over the years worked. No diets, no medication, no therapy, no this, no that. It, none of it worked for any length of time. That didn't work, so I could have had to find a dependence on something else, something greater than me. So that, you know, step two came to believe, you know, and that's been a process for me, this coming to believe in a power greater than me. But the recovered people ahead of me, the recovered sponsor that brought me through said, yes, there is such a thing. It's worked for me. All the hundreds and thousands of alcoholics and others who have recovered, there is a higher power that's worked for them. Are you willing to believe there's something there that might help you? Okay. Yep. Because I'm in a mess. You have something I got. So how about I try some dependence? And another little definition was reliance, trust on something greater than me. And it works. You know, I pray in the morning. I get down on my knees because it works. And when I get down on my knees, it's, it's not getting God's attention. It's getting my attention. And my attention, I need, to, I need to really, you know, that needs to be very important that, hey, Monica, you need to do this. This works. And um, I am so thankful for this fellowship and what we've got here. And we can share and talk to each other through these difficult times. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Bye. What, what page are we on? Thank you, Monica. Um, Oh, goodness. Let's see here. Which page are are we on? on? Can you give me a second, please? We are on page 98, first paragraph. It's not a matter of giving. Okay, so let's see. That was Monica T. Is Maya K. available? All right, so let's go on with Santa H. followed by Debbie K. Hi, Santa. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Santa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And thank you all who shared this morning. It's just a wonderful shares, and thank you for those who make this meeting possible. I remember my um, first guy, she would take me to this page all the time. I have it highlighted. I have it in brackets. I have words circled and underlined. because. Like Monica said, you know, getting to finding a power greater than myself to where I am today, it was a process. And it took me some very hard knocks to learn this truth. 
I grew up and have been uh, had a behavior of wanting everyone to do everything for me. I just wanted to be spoiled, brat, have my little tip of tantrums, you take care of this, this is too hard for me, I don't want to handle this problem. And so I brought that behavior into the room. And I would have my tip of tantrum when things wouldn't go my way, and I would call my guide, and we would do a 10-step, and she would just take me back to this book. She would not solve my problems for me, and that was something that I needed. I would pout at her because I needed to change this behavior. I behavior I was aware of, but I had to get to the point where it was no longer working for me. And I would do the same behavior with my protégés. I would play the life coach and want to solve all their problems, thinking I was their higher power. And often my fellows would say to me, Santa, there's a higher power, and it's not you. And you need to allow people to find their own higher power to solve their problems. So I'm grateful that I'm here today, that I don't no longer do this. And because of all of the hard knocks that I've been through, I have been able to find a power that is greater than myself that I can depend on today and that I take responsibility today for my own actions, which allows me to let others take responsibility for their own actions and, and for their own problems. I just turn them over to their higher power. Thank you, God. I'm no longer playing life coach anymore. And um, it's so much less stressful having people's problems on my mind. And it's such a wonderful way to live. But, you know, it was a learning process for me. And I'm grateful for all that I went through because it helped me to be the person that I am today. And thank you um, for allowing me to share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much, Santa H. All right. Debbie Kay is up, and then we'll take a, a share or two more. Hey, Debbie. Good morning. My name is Debbie Kay. I'm recovering in rural Pennsylvania. Am I being heard? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. Um, I want to start off by saying thank you to everybody in service positions today. And thank you for the wisdom on the line this morning. I would like to dedicate my share this morning to a woman named Linda who I sponsored and addressed the line in the paragraph, clamoring for this or that and cannot master compulsive overeating until her material needs were cared for. Linda came to me and she said, Debbie, they're going to evict me from my apartment. I just need $895 and I can stay in my apartment. And frankly, I had $895 that I could have given. But the challenge, the harder part, um, as the the sponsor was to sit there and to say, I can't do that, Linda. I don't believe it's in your best interest. And to sit there in uncomfortability to resist the temptation to get up and run away and get in my car and speed off. It was more important for me in my spiritual growth to say, I can be with this woman. It's it's uncomfortable, but let me be with her. 
Um, and I'm reminded of my first sponsors saying, nothing, absolutely nothing goes to waste in God's economy. And so I asked myself, what did Linda teach me? Linda taught me the lesson of how it is uncomfortable to say, no, you cannot depend on me. I, I can't provide for your financial needs. Your help must come from a higher power. Um, and with that, I, I, I pass. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Debbie Kay. We have time for one more share if somebody would like to take Maya that. Kay? Oh, Maya there you are, Maya. <laughs> Go ahead, Maya. Hi, I'm Maya Kay, um, compulsive overeater from New York. Um, <clears throat> recovered one day at a time. Um, I'm just grateful I got to talk. I couldn't unmute myself um, on speaker. But um, I'm, I love hearing this paragraph. Um, it reminds me of a turning point in my recovery when um, I was in a horrible situation. I was in a, a awful apartment, and I was in the throes of my disease. My eating was awful. I couldn't stop eating. I was in an abusive relationship, a marriage. It's a three, four-year-old daughter, and I hated my life, and my father had cancer. I was just in misery, I wanted to trade places with my father. I just didn't, I couldn't stand my life. And I just remember saying, if I could like win a million dollars, it was like the grossest apartment. If I could get out of that marriage, everything, if I had a million dollars or I could have abstinence at that moment and just like myself, I would have, I mean, I just would have wanted that sobriety over a million dollars. The thought of that. And um, and then and then I got it, and I'll never forget that just how much abstinence and sobriety is worth. That it's priceless, you know. That you can't buy it. So, you know, I'm just so grateful, you know, that here I am locked in my house, you know, and one day at a time, I'm abstinent, and I couldn't do that before, you know. And I have everything I need. I'm not in that marriage anymore. My daughter's grown, you know, and I depend on God. And I'm just so grateful for the serenity in my life. And every time I've, like, wavered, I just know to put my recovery before anything else. I mean, I've even when I've wavered from my, my recovery and my abstinence, um, I've even put my job on the line for my recovery. I always put this recovery, my program first, because I know it's priceless. And I'm just so grateful that I wake up, I pray. First thing I do is I pray and I ask God to direct my thinking. Like in the big book, <clears throat> I just follow the instructions. And I, um, you know, I'm grateful that this this meeting is on the line. I'm just so grateful for that. And I just see it as like, what is the where is the blessing in all this? <clears throat> what would where is God giving me time to do things that I wasn't able to do before? I see the blessings in everything. I just see, you know, God gave a blessing to us in in addictions. This 
program is a blessing. You know, we're, we're you know, an addiction. Time, please. Okay. Um, that's all I have to share. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you for wrapping us up, Maya. And if you didn't get a chance to share today, guys, the second hour, uh, hopefully there will be plenty of time to share. So stick around for that. Okay, so thank you to everyone who did share today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour uh, of study immediately following closing. The share ID for this meeting, Thursday, March 19th, is 14280. 14280. So we'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Raj G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, I will. I'm Raj G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet us, excuse me, you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.